Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Let's talk about Silicon Valley Bank. Let's put a pin in that one because we've been talking about it since Friday. I gave you some of my thoughts and suggestions, so let's see how we did. First and foremost, I thought that SVB would be bought lock, stock, and barrel by Sunday evening. It was not. Uh, There was a purchase of Silicon Valley Bank in Europe for, you are not gonna believe this, I had to double check it to make sure it was sold for one pound. One pound roughly translates to $1.21. Folks, that is a red flag. I think even more importantly, I think it is a huge red flag that no U.S. bank bought Silicon Valley Bank. It was Forbes just two short weeks ago declared that Silicon Valley Bank was the best bank out there. But yet, when there is a fire sell, when there is an auction put on by the Fed, nobody steps up to buy it. Apparently, if news accounts are correct, PNC Financial was the last bank standing and they passed Sunday afternoon. So the bank was not purchased. Again, I see that as a red flag. More on that to come. What is the red flag to me? Their balance sheet, this $187 billion or $220 or whatever number you want to quote, is garbage. It is not worth the paper it is printed on. That's what that tells me. So again, Silicon Valley Bank has the well-known mark-to-market hold-to-duration issue, which we have talked about for some time. I don't think that's where the pain is. I think the disaster of their balance sheet is in their other loans, their other assets. So I think there is some significant pain coming. Second, I proposed as much as yesterday that the Federal Reserve, Treasury, powers that be had to at least guarantee 85% of banking deposits. This is, of course, banking deposits over uh, 250K. I believed if they guaranteed the 85% that the market would function, that, you know, hey, you, you willingly knew that you were putting money at risk, right? I don't think the FDIC limit of 250K was a secret to anyone. I believe everyone knew about it, I believe folks ignored it, and I believe, my opinion, it was at risk should something like this happen. So I was comfortable giving them 85 cents on the dollar, holding back 15 as at-risk equity. Turns out that the powers that be have now said you can have 100% of your Monday, Monday morning. My opinion, I don't know how else to look at it, 
That is a bailout. I don't know how else to look at. Now, I know the administration, the talking heads, all of those folks will work overtime to call it not a bailout. I am sorry. When the rules say, if you put more than 250K in, in, in any one account at an institution, that is at risk. Now, please hear me when I say banking deposits are the, should be, they're the top of the capital stack. They should never be at risk. But in our current banking system, those were the rules of the game. I thought the answer, and again, I said this yesterday, is to create a second type of FDIC insurance for companies, small businesses, right? If you ever go to a bank and you set up an LLC or an S-Corp or any of those, it's called a business account. You could have fees attached to those and have another FDIC insurance. I will make up a number. I think yesterday I talked about 10 million. Shoot, it could be 25 million. Shoot, it could be 250 million. But let's at least capture the expense so you can build the kitty and then you could pay out when and if it occurs. Again, in the fog of war, the time of urgency, perhaps they thought that a 100% guarantee was a better app option. Again, I'm not going to argue, but let's be clear. My opinion, that is without question a bailout. And as I'm sure many people will say, it is a bailout of the rich. I mean, who doesn't have, you know, 250K lying around? Again, my opinion, I don't know. But again, at this point, I think Silicon Valley Bank is done. We need to start talking about the bigger picture. At least early this morning, we are seeing pain across the regional banks. I believe last time I checked, First Republic was down 60% and halted. Charles Schwab was halted. Lots of fear going on. This is what I expected to happen and we talked about over the weekend. There are people with small business accounts, maybe some rich people, moving accounts to JP Morgan, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, the big four. That is normal human behavior. Now, of course, we had the President of the United States come on TV and try to reassure us, tell us the banking system is strong and this, that, and the other. I'm not sure if that helped or created more fear. I don't know if the president talking about the banking system is what I want to hear, but maybe. But again, we are, we are seeing just the beginning of this. And again, something that I brought to you a couple of weeks ago, I strongly suggest you research the SNL crisis. We are in the midst of a very similar situation. Again, banks back in the 80s, we're fighting for capital. You and me, we're taking our money out of banks and buying treasuries. Why wouldn't you buy a treasury at 16, 17, 18% when a bank is offering you four and a quarter? We are seeing the same thing today. The numbers are just different. Banks are paying 1% or less. You can go get a treasury, at least as of last week, at 4%. This is normal human behavior and you will see holes in balance sheets. This is not over. This is the slow moving train wreck that the SNL crisis showed us. This is not one epic Lehman moment off a cliff like Wiley e. Coyote. 
This is a train wreck, a car wreck that just keeps, it's like a car wreck in the fog. Think about a car wreck in the fog, right? Two cars come together, then there's a third, then there's a fourth, then there's a fifth. Spread out over time. As you enter the fog, you can't see squat, and then bam, you are involved. That is what I think is going on. And then lastly, my message from yesterday. Take a breath. Most of us watching this are not directly impacted by SVB. Most of us don't have accounts with 250K or more. FDIC, 100% record of paying out below 250. So you and I are not concerned. You and I need to step out of the fray and do what we do. If you've been shopping for assets, as I said with Dan Berg yesterday evening, I think at five o'clock, I'm gonna ignore the open. The open is going to be messy, it is going to be choppy, it is gonna be fear-based. But as the day goes on, I am going to look for companies with second order derivatives. Now, the one we talked about, I won't buy because I talked about it, was Etsy, right? If you go back and watch our conversation with Dan, we kind of were like asking ourselves, what might be a company that is uh, involved in this, but not directly? And that was an example that we had. Again, I'm not buying it. I'm not recommending it. None of that. It's just an example of what we are looking for. I've been telling you I want to buy stocks, but at fire sale prices. I want dividends. In fact, one of the things I might look at today, just full disclosure, by the end of the day, if JP Morgan is down big, what is big? Let's put a number, 5%. I might buy my second tranche. If you've been watching my channel for any length of time, I got my first tranche of JP Morgan about $101, $102. I wasn't able to buy more as the stock rebounded. But if the stock comes in because of all of this, I might buy more of that just FYI. So again, take a breath. We, are, we sometimes in this environment, we, we allow ourselves to get sucked into the vortex even though we are not involved. We gotta step away. We have to look, we have to make sure we're not hurt, but take advantage of the situation. Next up. Have you seen the drop in the 10-year note? The 10-year note is now under 3.5. I looked earlier today, I think the lowest I saw was 3.42. I've reached out to Matt, the mortgage guy. I've asked Matt, the mortgage guy, to do an emergency mortgage discussion. I think there's a good chance that mortgage rates are down under 6.5, 6.4 today. Again, what did we learn a month ago? If, this is a big if, if rates go sub six, sparks demand, first time home buyer. So all of this stuff is working in a very complex thing, but it helps to step away. Just step away, don't get sucked in. You're not directly impacted, but your job is to take advantage of it. Your job is to look at what's going on, buy assets on sale. So again, I think it's a bailout. The 10 year note, the two year note, the two year note dropped today Almost as bad as the 1987 crash, Black Monday. That's not good. When you start setting records like 1987 Black Monday in the bond market, that's not good. That's not good. So what is really going on? You are seeing fear come into the market. It would not shock me, and forgive me, I did not look, but I'm going to take a wild-ass guess right now. It is 
about 7.30 a.m. Monday morning. I'm going to guess gold is up. I have no idea. I didn't look now that I put that on record. And, I, and if I'm wrong, you guys will let me know. But I'm guessing gold is up this morning because it is that fear-based situation. So we'll find out. I'm sure you guys will tell me in comments if I was right or wrong about gold. I kind of feel nervous about that. But again, I do believe gold goes up when there's fear. So it wouldn't shock me if gold goes up, bonds go down in rate. So very interesting. But all of this, all of this stuff, you and I need to talk about tomorrow. I'm sorry, but we need to talk about tomorrow. Tomorrow, it would normally be the biggest day of the week, but today was the biggest day to figure out what's going on with banks. But tomorrow is CPI, Consumer Price Index, AKA inflation. Yes, folks, we still have an inflation problem. Tomorrow, we get the latest reading. Last reading, as you recall, was 6.4. It was above expectation, above expectations, but still trending down. Tomorrow, I can't believe this, but the expectation is for six. There are people, people on my channel, calling for a five handle. I believe, as I said yesterday, I am not that brave. I believe inflation is stickier. I believe specifically housing will surprise to the upside. I don't think we've seen the peak there given the lag effect. So I am calling 6.2 headline. Then the conversation switches to the Fed. <sighs> this is a tough conversation. First, first question I asked myself yesterday, I asked myself yesterday at about seven o'clock after the bailout was announced, I asked myself this question. Did the Fed blink? Did the Fed blink, right? You have heard me talk about Jerome Powell trying to kill the Fed put. You have heard me talk about the Fed wanting to take this thing higher, but we just had a market accident. So did the Fed blink? And the answer to that question is, I don't know. For me, this will be the test. March 22nd, do we get a quarter point raise or not? This is just my opinion. You are free as always to have your own. But my opinion is this, if the Fed has the balls to raise another quarter point on the 22nd, they did not blink. They are simply dealing with dual problems. And sometimes in life that happens. It is possible to fight inflation and deal with a market accident. So on March 22nd, which is the release of the next Fed uh, open market committee. If the Jerome Powell raises 25 basis points, as I expect, they did not blink. If the Fed pauses and gives us gobbledygook language about this and that and data dependent nonsense and does nothing, I will agree with all of you, the Fed blinked. Now, some of you, some of you, and you know who you are, are calling for the Fed to cut on the 22nd. I personally don't see that unless we have, I mean, I, if CPI came in at five and we had two more blowups or five more blowups, 
Maybe. I mean, it is possible. It is certainly not in my base or even in my second derivative thoughts. But if they do cut for some reason, they blinked. They, 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 they're just talking heads. But next, next, tomorrow is important because tomorrow we need to talk, right? Expectations are six. Let's say, just between friends, let's, let's game theory this together in real time. The number is six, four, expectations are six. Let's say it comes in at six, four or higher. So above expectations and the trend lower is broken. Market's not going to like that. What happens if it comes in at 6.1 to 6.4? So higher than expected, but trend is intact. Market's not going to like that. Let's assume it comes in on the number, 6. I think the market takes a deep sigh of relief. If the number comes in at 5.9 or lower, I think the market will cheer, they will scream Fed pause, and we will see where we go from there. So there is so much stuff going on. It's, tomorrow is a very, very important day. Today, again, is a day to take a deep breath. It is not to be sucked into the vortex. I still think it is wildly comical to see all the real estate guys suddenly become banking experts. You can't make this stuff up, I guess. I guess the, uh, the answer is to create any fear-based content on any topic so you can get paid. I'm just going to stick in real estate and do what I do. But that is, uh, it, is a, it is a wild time. It is a wild time out there. So again, the Fed. We're going to know, Jerome. Jerome Powell, did you blink? Will you give us that quarter? Or will you pause? That's where I think we are at. And then the last thing about the Fed, don't you remember it was just two days ago, two business days ago, we had people talking about six, six and a half. A few commenters actually talked about 7% terminal rate. I had dozens of comments calling me an idiot saying that mortgage rates were going to 10%, at which point I said, you're wrong, you're kidding, it's not happening. Based on where the 10 year is going, Rates could be sub six in a couple of weeks. Again, I am not calling for that. I don't necessarily think, I do not think sub 6% mortgages are healthy for the housing market. We have no inventory. We need time. Time is the great equalizer in all of this. So folks, we have a lot of stuff going on. Last thing, many of you asked for the deep dive buy box discussion. I have scheduled it out two Sundays from now, or I guess two, two Sundays from yesterday. We are going to go from eight to 10 o'clock. I scheduled it as a meeting versus a webinar. That is important to me. The goal of this session is I want to interact with you. I want to look at your spreadsheet. I want to look at your buy box. I want to ask and ask and answer the in-depth questions. So we're going to try it as a meeting hoping that your interaction makes it more valuable and we can go deeper and deeper and deeper. I think a webinar would be not as helpful. So in order to do it as a meeting, I'm, we have to limit it to 100. In 24 hours, we sold 16 seats.
There are only 84 seats left. And just so you know, Sunday is a rather slow day on my channel. I expect these 84 seats quite possibly can be sold out by tomorrow. So if you want to register right now, I put the link in yesterday's daily financial news. It is a pinned comment and it is in the description. My intention is to put it in this video as well as a pinned comment and a description and the description, but don't wait. It is charged. It is $47, not to hide that from anyone. But this again is a meeting where I'm hoping we can have interaction and we can go deep and answer any and all of your questions. Those that ask, my intention is to record it. I know that everybody can't make eight to 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. My intention is to record it. What will I do with it? I hope to publish it, but I wanna make sure it's quality, it works, and that a webinar maybe wasn't the right or was a better answer. We will know. All right, folks, hopefully you like this content. Like, subscribe, comment, become part of One Rental at a Time. We do a daily financial show. We bring you eight, nine millionaires every week. We discuss two or three topics. This channel is for you. It is doing the work. It is in real time. It is not fear. It is about doing the work and having a better financial future. Channels like One Rental at a Time don't grow fast because we don't chase headlines. We don't chase fear. We do the work. And then lastly, folks, I finally posted a video about my second flip that I did to prove the crash bros wrong. Remember folks, 87% of people said it was a bad time to buy real estate right around Thanksgiving, which really pissed me off. So I bought two homes. One has already been flipped for a profit. This is my second one. We should be opening escrow today. You just do the work, learn your market, understand average, and create great deals. It is not easy. I am not here to say it's easy. I am here to say it is possible to have a better future. Get off your ass and do the work. If you don't know what I mean, you don't understand the buy box, congratulations for 47 bucks. You can come figure it out. We can go deep on your questions. And again, if you're watching this and the meeting is already sold out, I apologize. I am keeping it at 100 to make sure that I can serve the need of those 100. All right, folks, like, subscribe, comment, become part of One Rental at a Time. We are making a difference. We are having better financial futures. I love all the millionaires that come back each week. This channel does not exist without them. Lastly, I didn't plan to do this, but let's see what happens. Leave a comment below who your favorite millionaire guest is. This ought to be interesting. Who's your favorite millionaire guest? Leave comments below. Bye.